You're listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show, where business leaders and health experts give insight while you take a break from the daily grind. Your host, Joey Price, is an entrepreneur with over a decade of startup experience and CEO of the managed HR services firm Jumpstart HR. Want to join the conversation or have an idea for the show? Tweet us at BizLifeCoffee or Joey directly at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLCMoments. Want more episodes? Head on over to iTunes to subscribe. Business, life, and coffee, personal development for busy professionals. Now let's get to the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Business, Life, and Coffee show. I am joined by a local celebrity here in the Baltimore area, (laughs) a good friend of mine, Samira Lucas, who is also known as the Business Doctor. She is one of Baltimore's top 40 under 40. She is a mompreneur, which we'll talk about a lot today, an entrepreneur who's also a mother. And she's quickly emerging as a trailblazer among professionals. And she's a powerful voice for women, teaching them business, balance, and babies. Mara is the CEO of the Business Doctor Consulting Firm, co-founder of Moms as Entrepreneurs, co-founder of The Cube Cowork. She's an author speaker, philanthropist, and professor. She also has over 14 years in the business industry. She's worked with businesses as small as your local corner store or online boutique to some of the best colleges and universities, helping them all to create solid, profitable business models and implement strategic marketing strategies. Samara has a passion to help families create legacies and is determined to impact society one mom at a time. And no doubt you're uh, impacting moms, but you're also impacting those that see your hustle, oh. present company included. So, hey, hey, welcome. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Honestly, I didn't know that that bio was actually about me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually sound like this awesome person. But, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for having me on. I'm excited. Very, very proud of you. Congratulations on everything. Uh, thank you. You're doing awesome things as well, Joey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm, I'm glad we're able to connect and have a, a meeting of the minds here, especially over podcasts where other folks can tune in. So I've always wondered this, but I never asked, you know, what's the story behind the business doctor and how do you how do you get that name for yourself? So it's probably like the weirdest 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 story ever and you have to excuse my voice everyone because I am getting over a cold so I kind of sound very raspy but to be honest with you you know when I was thinking about branding myself I literally sat there for like two days and said well what could I call myself what is it that I do and I always felt like everyone was calling me to fix their business issues And one of the things that my daughter used to say is my mommy is a doctor, but she's not a medical doctor. She's a business doctor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And literally just thinking about that, I said, I'm going to brand myself as the business doctor because I'm always fixing other people's businesses and giving them strategies to grow their business. And I literally just ran with it and it really fits who I am and what it is that I do. Ironically, it had nothing to do with me getting a doctorate degree in business. 
but more of me, you know, diagnosing other people's businesses and finding the strategic solutions to help them move forward. And I just think about how a doctor, you know, fixes your business. I mean, your medical doctor Mm -hmm. fixes your health issues. And I thought that it would be good for me to go around and start fixing people's issues and charging them for (laughs) it. Well, I guess it was a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because you are in school. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Finishing up my dissertation now. So hopefully I'll be a doctor in 2017. All right. Well, I'll definitely be rooting for you there. And what is, what's your dissertation on? It's actually on social media and the impact that it has on small family style restaurants. Okay. Okay. I'm excited to visit five um, family style restaurants and actually eat and while I'm conducting my research. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if the food is excellent and super good, we've got some other uh, podcasts in the series about fitness and bur- burning <laughs> off those calories. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, w- what was your background before, before becoming an entrepreneur? And then when did you know you wanted to be in business for yourself? Well, I'll answer that in in reverse. I've okay. always known I wanted to to be in business for myself. I just never knew exactly what type of business I would get into. I knew that I wasn't doing hair, you know, any of those type of things, mm-hmm. but I knew that I would eventually be a CEO of some business. Previously, you know, I worked for the government, I worked for the city government, I worked for private agencies and I would always get very bored at what it is that I was doing. So I was a research analyst. I've done just about anything that you can possibly think of. I did a lot of technical assistance because I do have a strong computer background. Because ironically, before I went into a business major, I was a computer science major. And I realized that I would get bored easily because there were some business practices that just didn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I knew that. I couldn't be the person to just sit there and allow those things to happen, that I needed to be in control of what was happening. And I knew that I wanted to kind of embrace others' thinking. So when I worked for individuals or other people, they never really allowed me to use my creativity or my talents to really help them move forward in business. And I knew that just working for someone wasn't going to be that honestly feel like if someone is not doing a business practice correctly, that it's like a lie. You know, if you think about just anyone stealing in business, you know, like mm-hmm. any industry, someone stealing something. Well, I felt that way if business practices wasn't being done correctly. I felt like they were just being thieves and, you know, stealing from the people that they were serving. So I just couldn't be a part of that. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess when you're passionate about something, you know, it really, really bothers you a lot. I watched when I worked for the government, how things was just so ancient. And I'm like, you guys need to change the way that you do things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these operations can run a little more effectively. But, you know, people don't want to change. And I had to realize that I can't make anyone change in their organization, but I can make changes in mine. That's so true. And and that's one of the reasons that will... Your story resonates with me because I was kind of in the same boat where seeing chaos happen around you in someone else's business is a very, very strong motivator for you to start your own and, uh, and do it 
well or uh, to the best of your ability and to uh, hopefully not make those same, same mistakes. Do you feel like what you learned in the course of your professional career is still paying dividends in, in your role as a, a now a, um, you know, a business owner, but a business owner in the consulting sense, you, you've always been, but you've opened up the cube, which is more of a brick and mortar. And so uh, do you feel like your, uh, what you've learned in your professional career still is helping you out? Absolutely. It has taught me everything not to do in my business. <laughs> Literally. You know, I work for an organization and I always say the entire time, I would never do this in my business. Like, none of this makes sense. But it, it, it was really something that I needed to go through because I don't feel like I would have been equipped without going through the, the many agencies or the many jobs that I've held and been able to really effectively run a business. So, you know, my sister and I own the cube together. And when I'm, you know, coming up with different procedures or the way that we do things, it doesn't make sense sometimes to her. And I'm like, no, this is why. And she's like, oh, that does make sense. Because I've seen things done incorrectly in the past in the business industry. I think that I have an advantage because I've been able to work in private sectors, government sectors, and nonprofit sectors. And I've been able to see, I guess, the best of both worlds or all the worlds, as well as looking into, you know, small businesses and how they operate and looking at where they're, why they're failing and where they're failing at. So being able to implement those things in my business to ensure that, you know, I don't make the same mistakes. I'm going to make some mistakes, but as long as I don't make the same mistakes as some, you know, people that I've been in contact with have made. And trying to avoid them. Some of them you can't avoid, but, you know, trying to avoid them for the most part. Yeah. What are some examples of the mistakes that you've seen? Not, doesn't necessarily have to be in your business per se, but some of the mistakes that you try to tell your consulting clients to avoid. One, not having a business model. You know, they come up with just ideas and they're ready to launch them. But does those ideas really go into the model that you really need, you know, to make your business operate. Because everyone always assumes that they think they know how the business should operate because they're so passionate about it sometimes when really they're just creating a big hobby and they're not creating a sustainable, profitable model that's going to help them generate money long term. So that's a big one is not creating a model and not having a plan, especially if they don't have a brick and mortar business you know, they don't create business plans. And I'm like, you need a business plan. It's a roadmap to your business. You may not execute everything in your business plan, but you need a business plan. What do you have to guide you? Just assumptions, right? But assumptions in your head, if you see them out on paper, then you can probably plan them out and really see how it will impact your business. And that's where a lot of my clients come in. And when they come to me, they don't have those things at all. Not to mention the whole marketing plan, and that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll touch on some of your advice for marketing in a little bit. Um, part of your bio that I that I highlighted and uh, I think is awesome is that you are a May, which is for those that don't know the, the acronym, it's it's Moms as Entrepreneurs, and we're noticing a rise in a lot of women-owned businesses. They represent one of the fastest growing populations of entrepreneurs and, and startup founders. And you've got an entire family. So I want to know, were you a mother or a business owner first? 
I was actually a mother first. Okay. So I my first business. No one really knows this, so I'm really sharing like some exclusive information on this podcast today. Wow, excellent. Yeah. Knows this, but I launched my first business right after I had my daughter. And it everyone thinks my first business was an accessory line, but it really wasn't. It was actually a kids mobile spa. So one of my friends, my college friends and I, we got together and we started to do spa parties for kids. And we did exceptionally well. We really, really did. But what we did is we didn't have a business model. We didn't have a business plan. We just jumped out there and started running a business. And one of the things, the the thing is our business ran right. Like we really did have a foundation for a business, but we didn't operate right because we didn't plan who role, who was going to have what roles. So a lot of, I mean, we got burnt out. We really did. My partner at that time was a mother of two. I was a new mom. So, you know, not knowing how to balance our roles in that company, really, we just kind of dissolved the business. And I'm so mad about dissolving that business because <laughs> it's a very lucrative business, might I add. But <laughs> it gave me, that was one of my mistakes in business. And that's why I'm so adamant about teaching others how to create sustainable models and business plans because it does not just have to do with the strategy in your business, but it has to do with the operations as well. Yeah. Operations is has a close spot to me in, in my heart and my business as well because people think sometimes that products make the business, but it's really the people that make the, the business and the roles and responsibilities that they that they have and that they share. And so, you know, making sure that part is tight because your business won't run itself. And if you leave things up to assumption or if uh, I like to say if you trust your gut in Google to problem solve, then yeah. you could be up a creek because yep. you, you, you just won't know the right answers for your business. How has how did becoming a business owner impact your the time and availability that you have to as being a mother? It impacted it a lot. But one of the things that I had to do is learn how to not be guilty for the things that I was doing as an entrepreneur. See, a lot of times, this is something that we teach our moms is that, you know, a lot of times we're so invested in our children and we're so invested in making sure that we spend enough time with them or provide them with the material things that we totally forget ourselves. And we totally forget that if we invest in ourselves, that we can be better for our children. And that's one of the things that I had to get over is the guilt part of it. And, you know, including my daughter in that process. My daughter's been and part of my business since she was born. So she doesn't make me feel guilty about anything. She just feels included in everything. She can probably tell you more about any of my businesses than I can, honestly, because I incorporated her into my companies. So kind of teach parents how to do that from all ages. I mean, you have a, if you're just getting in business and you have a 10 or 12 year old, you actually have an advantage over someone that as a newborn, because you have free help, you know, you have free labor that you can, you know, get your children to help you in your business. But that's one of the challenges that I experienced within myself. And it was, a, it didn't last long because I knew that I could not make the same mistakes that my mother made, you know, giving up on her dreams and, you know, investing everything in us 
but not investing in her. In long term, investing in herself would have had a better impact than investing in us in the short time. Now, I'm not saying don't spend time with your children and don't, you know, prioritize them. You should, but you should not, you know, make your dreams the last thing or make your business the last thing. There's ways that you can balance it. Now, you don't fully ever get the full balance of anything, but there's definitely ways that you can balance being a mom or being a dad and being an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's powerful stuff. And I've got to have your daughter on on the podcast, and if she uh, <laughs> she can oh, she uh, talk about that. the business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so true. I, I mean, I, I am not a, a parent yet, but I will be one day. But I was talking to my parents recently, and I was like, you know, I... I really don't remember what I got for Christmas, and I really don't remember, you know, what what shoes I had or what what outfits I had, except maybe the one time when like I got in trouble for ripping a a brand new shirt <laughs> that that my parents got that I that I screamed and begged for. <laughs> but you know what I do remember, you know, are the values that they taught me and the values that they yeah. modeled. I didn't. It didn't dawn on me until I became an entrepreneur that I was like, wait. My parents were also entrepreneurs too in their own right because of the, some of the things that they were doing, their side hobbies that brought in money and, and things like that. So it gives you a new respect and admiration mm-hmm. for your parents because when you kind of see yourself in them and yeah. the things that you're doing for, I think your daughter's probably going to launch a Fortune 500 company, you know. Well, I soon. hope so because <laughs> I've invested a lot into her. <laughs> So, so let's keep speaking at it to existence. Actually, she's really interested right now into doing YouTube videos. Uh-huh. So I'm excited to get her. I'm actually to get, you know, excited to, to get her involved into that because she's really a character. Yeah. If you meet her, you'll, you'll know that she's <laughs> definitely a character. So she that's something in 2017 that we're definitely going to focus on in the spring. Is getting her launched into doing her YouTube station. Nice, nice. And for those of you who are tuning in or catching this late, this is Tamara Lucas, who is one of Baltimore's top 40 under 40 business leaders. She's a mompreneur. She's got her business consulting firm called the Business Doctor Consulting Firm. She's co-founder of Moms as Entrepreneurs, co-founder of the Cube Network. She speaks, she writes books, she gives charitably, and she's also a professor. Where can people find you on social media? Just as a quick, you know, breaking up the questions, the heavy <laughs> questions. <laughs> so you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Business Doctor, and that's business spelled out D R or and not or, but and follow me at my entrepreneur. That's M A E entrepreneur on all of the social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the Cube, please don't forget to like the Cube Cowork and follow the Cube Cowork. We have some awesome things going on here. I'm in it, and that's on Facebook and Instagram at the Cube, C U B E Cowork, C O W O R K. Let's talk about the Cube. How did, uh, how did it come about, and what was the process like in, in securing <laughs> that space and renovations and all that stuff? Oh, wow. So, about Two years ago now, because it's 2017, so in 2015, shortly after launching or 
getting really, uh, having a full year in mind as entrepreneurs, I started to think about the next, you know, what's next for me. I'm always so, you know, have my hands in a lot of different things. And, you know, I realized that, as I stated, I include my daughter into everything. So at one point in time, the iPad was her babysitter when we would meet, when I would meet clients in Panera Bread or Starbucks. And I love the idea of co-working, but there wasn't a space where we could mix the two, you know, a place for her and a place for myself. And honestly, I thought that I was the first person that came up with this brilliant idea. I was about to revolutionize the way co-working is until I just did a simple Google and realized that there were other companies out here doing the same thing, which wasn't a bad thing. But I wanted to be like the face of co-working for parents, you know, on the cover of Black Enterprise and everything. Mm -hmm. Not that that might not happen because I am the first African-American person to do this like this so that's still an opportunity so black enterprises listening to this podcast call yep. me yep. <laughs> black and this is black, black history month too so you know yep. tune in <laughs> yep so but the good thing about it was that it was a model that was being used in the co-working industry so i knew that it was something that was needed um so i did a year of research literally i researched i did my business plan and I looked for a space for a year, and we just wasn't finding what it was that we wanted. We needed a space that was going to be safe, not too big, something that we can grow out of and still be able to, you know, service what we want to service. And we came across the space where we are now. We're located right outside of Towson on York Road in Baltimore, Maryland, and we turned this ugly duckling into a beautiful swan. I mean, it was so ugly in here when we <laughs> when we did when we first came in here and my husband and my family and my sisters and all of us, we got in here and we turned the space into something beautiful. Nice. And so what type of companies do you accept at the cube? So as long as you are a mom or dad, well actually I take that back because we have packages that don't include don't have you don't have to have a child to come here if you're okay with having had I mean being around children then that's fine Mm -hmm. but you know I'm looking for we're looking for those companies that are you know home-based companies that you know get easily distracted from their children or their house I know for me I would wash dishes wash clothes when I'm trying to work at from home not really getting anything done but we're looking for a mixture of companies to come and join our co-working family because I think the more The more companies that we have that are different, the better that everyone can grow and work together. Nice. And is your daughter a part of the selection process? Do they do they have to pass her interview? No, she just wants to play with the children. Okay. The most part for her. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. You've touched on this a bit, but how is business in general a family affair for you? Oh wow. Everyone is here. My grandmother works the children's room. She's here every single day, you know, helping. And they always want to take my grandmother home. And I'm like, no, you can't have her. She she doesn't go home with anybody but me. My husband is in here constantly doing anything that needs to be done. He has his own home service handyman business. So he's in here fixing things as needed or, you know, working out of here as well. And my daughter, she's in here working in the kids' room or cleaning tables, anything that I need. So my sister, like I said, we are co-founders together. So she's in here 
doing what it is that she does. And then I include my other siblings in, in the business as well. I'm the first entrepreneur in the family, well, in my immediate family. Mm-hmm. So it's great to see that they have someone to look up to and, you know, to work in their business and actually, you know, create this whole family legacy. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You can go ahead and give a plug for your husband while we're on the on the air. Yes, because I'm such an awesome wife. So my <laughs> husband is Lucas Special Services, and they specialize in deck maintenance and handyman services. So you can find them at lucasspecialservices.com. And they're also on Instagram and Facebook as well at Lucas Special Services. So check them out. They're really, really good. They've won several awards on Angie's list. So I wouldn't just tell you that everyone else says it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Now, you run social media classes and marketing classes. In our final few minutes here, could you give some actionable advice for whether it's the side hustlers listening, the business owners listening, or anyone that's trying to get exposure for their personal brand? What, what tips will you have for, for someone that attends your class? So the first thing I would say is have a schedule, have a, a marketing schedule. And it it should coincide with what your goals are for the year. So you want to create that schedule because, one, you know, it helps you stay organized and it doesn't, it helps you to not get overwhelmed. You know, we're trying to market, do guerrilla marketing, social media marketing. We're trying to handle all of these things together. But if you have a schedule, you can say what each month theme is, what you're going to do weekly, what you're going to do daily. And then how you're going to actually meet your quarterly goals or your monthly goals or your weekly goals. So get a social media schedule or a marketing schedule, period. Also, just make sure you know where your target market is. And that's what we do a lot in in my courses is finding where your target market is. How do you locate them? Because what you don't want to do is, you know, go out and think that you're marketing to someone you're marketing where they are and they're not even there. So I strongly suggest, you know, ensuring that you locate where your market is and making sure you know who your target market is. I know this is something that you probably hear repetitive, but it's really, you know, it's really a science to it. And once you break that science down, you can create your sales funnels, you can create your marketing materials. I mean, it's a no-brainer once you really get to the core of who your target market is and where they are. Awesome. Awesome. And what parting thoughts do you have to share with our audience here about anything we've talked about today? If you want to plug anything, if there's anything on your calendar that you want people to attend or, uh, well, and also how to connect with you online. Absolutely. So like we were talking about, I host $20 business workshops. Yes, they're only $20. And it, they are designed for entrepreneurs and small businesses that are ready to either get started or really grow in business. They're only $20 because I believe that, you know, getting good information shouldn't be so expensive, especially when you're starting out. You can look at our reviews on Facebook and see the quality of the information that we're sharing. We're not creating an opportunity to market our business because we feel like it's going to market itself through the content that we're sharing at the workshop. So go into thecubecowork.com, click on workshops, and look at the different workshops we have coming up. 
you will not be, you will be excited. You will be very pleased with what you get. And what I, what I want to say is there's 2017, educate yourself. And I'm not saying that because I offer these workshops, but so many people are miseducated about what to do in business. And make sure you're educating yourself from people that actually know what they're doing and have the experience that to be able to educate you in, you know, the various topics of business. And that is my one golden piece of advice with 2017. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. We're going to have to have you back sometime soon. And also your daughter as well. Yeah. So she can drop some, some knowledge for, <laughs> for our audience here. I'm sure she's got a lot to share. So thanks for joining and we'll be in touch soon. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at JoeyVPriceHR with the hashtag BLCMoments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.BusinessLifeAndCoffee.com and our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.